It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today, we are breaking out the free agency grades, and we're going to give a grade for all of the Chargers' biggest moves so far, like J.C. Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day. We'll also get into a trade grade for Khalil Mack, but I'm also going to tell you guys why the J.C. Jackson grade is a full-blown A+. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. And we've been doing the Locked On Chargers podcast for five seasons now, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen today. We always appreciate you guys. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David, I think I wanted to do something fun today, so we wanted to break out the free agency grades with the biggest signing. Coming yesterday was the signing of the Chargers punter, which we'll get into, but I guess it's not just free agency grades because we're going to be talking about the Khalil Mack trade as well and putting a grade on that because we haven't done that yet. But we want to really get into all the biggest moves of the offseason so far, so we're going to start with J.C. Jackson and tell you why I'm so in love with that move. Bringing in Khalil Mack, then we'll get into the guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, re-signing Mike Williams and the grade we put on that before getting into the end of the show and talking about Jared Everett, Gerald Everett, the last biggest name brought in by the Chargers and also the special teams guys and what we make of those. We'll do a little rapid round there. Talk about J.K. Scott, the Chargers' new punter and what we think about that. But today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, David, well, it's time to get into some free agency grades. And I know Khalil Mack is not a free agency pickup, but how do you, you know, go do a show like this without talking about that? And we haven't put a grade on it yet. Well, let's be honest, free agency grades, offseason grades, they're fun. And I wanted to get into it. So, David, I guess I already kind of gave my grade on J.C. Jackson, but I think it is the biggest free agency move, obviously, by the Chargers. One of the biggest ones I think they've ever really made, honestly, bringing in a guy of his caliber, one of the best veteran you know, all pro players that we've ever seen them bring in. So when you're looking at grading him specifically for the Chargers and for agency, what grade would you put on it? Yeah, I mean, looking at this move and, and understanding why the Chargers had to go out and make this move, it's very simple to me. Go out and look at all of the incredible wide receiver talent that is up and down the AFC West. You have the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, you have the Broncos with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, and the slew of young wide receivers they have there. And then, oh, by the way, the Raiders just went ahead and traded for one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Devontae Adams. And now the Chargers can say that they confidently have one of the top five corners in all of football that play for their team. And they got him for five seasons on a very reasonable contract and you consider everything this man brings to the table 
I don't think that you can't look at this in any other way than giving this move an absolute automatic A+. It just has to happen. You really give yourself the cachet on the defensive side to be able to compete and be able to lock down one of the most nasty divisions in football. Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, the fit matters, right? Because, I mean, there are a lot of really great corners, but not all of the great corners in the league would fit what the Chargers want to do as well as J.C. Jackson would, right? And obviously you're talking about an all-pro player, player who's led the NFL in interceptions since 2018. According to PFF, he has the second lowest completion percentage allowed since 2018. So the dude has done it all. It's hard to complete passes against him, and it's hard when you throw it his way not to have the ball going the other way and having him now put it back in Justin Herbert's hands. But I do think that, you know, if he had gone to the Jaguars, right, something like that, I wouldn't be giving it as high of a grade because it doesn't take them to another level, right? This no. does something for Brandon Staley and his defense specifically that unlocks, I think, a lot of what the other guys do well and just brings the Chargers to a different level. And obviously for the Chargers, getting a player of that caliber and getting him at that price. Because, I mean, I've seen people say they overpaid for him. And I've also seen people say that it's, you know, one of the better contracts you're going to see in free agency. He is the sixth highest paid corner right now. So he didn't set a new market. There's corners making 20 plus million dollars per season. He comes in at 16 and a half million. I think that's super reasonable. And I think it's a guy coming in at that age specifically. You're getting a young man. In his prime, you're not getting a 30-plus-year-old guy you're hoping can continue that production. You're getting a dude who should just now be hitting his stride, and you're you know pairing him with Brandon Staley. And seeing that all-in clip, I retweeted on my Twitter at DanTalkSports, and seeing just the list of things that Brandon Staley loves about that dude, I think really kind of says it all, right? But to me, A-plus grade. It's a great fit. I thought it was a great deal, even though it wasn't super cheap. I still think that's quite a deal for the Chargers, being able to potentially keep that guy locked up for the next five seasons. Well, and it was the guy we always wanted right. all along. So it's just he was so our number nice. one free agent. Target. Yes, yeah. he was the number one guy. And there was so many They'll reports out there. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, oh, there's way too many reports out there. The Chargers are all, they're too tight-lipped. There's no way this was going to happen. Well, guess what? It happened, and I am so so happy that it did and obviously it's risky right but sure. at the same time like there's not a crazy amount of dead cap after year no three risk, no reward, Daniel. exactly when it also showed an urgency and that's why i wanted to include the khalil mack trade in this grading as well because yeah it showed the urgency of the chargers going all in i don't think it was in response to the denver you know broncos trading for russell wilson i think the chargers were planning on doing this and trying to capitalize on Justin Herbert's rookie contract, which is all we've wanted for them. So, David, when you're looking at the trade part of this, Khalil Mack sending a second-round pick in 2022, sending a sixth-round pick in 2023, and getting the player that you have for the contract he has, what would you give a grade on that trade? Yeah, so looking at this trade, something that's monumental, something that has never even come close to happening at this scale as long as Tom Telesco has been the general manager of the Chargers just the move just by itself on the surface is already exciting and already giving it plus points because it's just not something you have has ever, you would have ever seen or ever expected that the Chargers would make a move like this. So that right there is already worth some credit. But then you consider the player that you're bringing in, a former defensive player of the year, a guy that has 76 sacks. Oh, and by the way, what he's going to do for – This man right here, the guy who used to wear 99, Joey Bosa, is just going to open up so much. And for everyone on the defense, just this is a transcendent type of talent, a a type of player that is going to be 
phenomenal against the run, phenomenal as a pass rusher, no matter what you ask him to do. And it's going to not allow them to double team Joey Bosa. It's going to open things up for those linebackers that are going to be flowing behind him. It's going to make the corners better because they're not going to have to cover as long. This is a move that makes every single component of your defense better. So with that being said, the only reason I can't give it an absolute A plus is because of the little bit of injury concern that we had with the foot last year. That's the only reason why for me, it's an A minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, for me, I gave it a solid A and I think it's the injury. Obviously last year, he hasn't had, you know, 10 plus sacks in a few seasons, but I'm really not worried about that at all. But I do think, I mean, the benefit so you know outweighs the risk i think you know the reward so much outweighs the risk in this scenario because i mean david look at last year sacks by 30 plus year old players right for those saying he's too old robert quinn 18 and a half at 31 chandler jones 32 10 and a half sacks marcus golden 31 11 sacks cam jordan 12 and a half sacks at 32 von miller nine and a half sacks at a different position you have cam hayward and aaron donald both doing it over the age of 30. And that's one thing about this is guys, especially pass rushers can continue to produce after the age of 30. And I mean, I think that both of those dudes could go for double digit sacks next year. I think Mac and Bosa could both easily eclipse 10. And I think with Brandon Staley, a most exciting part of it and why it gets an A is just this should, you know, at this point, unlock things in this defense. We just weren't able to see last year with the combination of him and JC Jackson. I think the grade also reflects, bringing both of those guys in because just Cleo Mack wasn't going to be enough. But And keeping your first-round pick, too. I mean, that's yeah. another thing. I mean, you got him for a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick last or next season. So that compensation for the player that you're bringing in, it, it's almost a joke that, that they were able to bring him in for that yeah. because this is a player, when he's healthy, when he's right, I think is unquestionably worth a first-round pick plus. So I think the yeah. value, it, just looking at it from that perspective – I mean, it's very, very strong for the Chargers. Well, the riskiest part, David, is just how much money, right? Because it's going to be, you know, high 20s as far as what he's going to be paid in cap hits the next 27 million plus the next two seasons after this year. But it's kind of risk free. I mean, because you have Justin Herbert on his rookie contract, but you can also get out of it for very, very little dead cap as well if it totally blows up. And I just can't see that happening. So I think. It's really going to pay off for the Chargers, and I really love that move because, I mean, out of all the guys I've listed, maybe you put Von Miller there. Obviously not Aaron Donald at a different position, but, like, Khalil Max is good or better than all of those dudes, and I'd say better than all of those dudes, especially with what he's able to do against the run. But there are more players, and I think the other big deal that was talked about even more than J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack was Mike Williams because the Chargers had to really kind of make a risky move there based on one year of production with Mike Williams, giving him a three-year, $60 million contract. So we're going to talk about him, Austin Johnson, and also Sebastian Joseph Day, and put some grades on those coming up right after this. But speaking of spending a lot of money, I have been putting a lot of money down on March Madness and watching a ton of basketball, and the only place I put my money is at betonline.net because it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. Betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And you can do live in-game betting, which I really love as well. Turn your fate around, especially during all the craziness of these games and just having so many games. And when you don't know the teams that are playing on TV, it's a lot funner when you have some action riding on it. But it's not just basketball. Bet Online has you can covered 
with you know live betting odds everywhere and your favorite Vegas casino games even to go along with boxing, UFC, and all the other great things that you can bet on. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, David, we're continuing to get into our free agency slash offseason grades, I guess, and to see how other teams are feeling about that and to feel better about the Chargers moves, you can go to Locked On NFL and they can tell you why. The Chargers are the best team so far at, you know, in free agency, and they're getting, you know, very high grades from all the places. But Lockdown NFL has everything covered five days a week from the best experts on the Lockdown NFL network, right? Except for me, obviously. But a lot of great dudes over there, and it definitely helps me keep up with everything going on around the league. But getting back to this move, David, I think one of the biggest moves, obviously, for the Chargers was bringing back Mike Williams on a big deal, right? Especially before we saw some of the other deals that were to come. Three years. $60 million, $40 million of that guaranteed, and also just paying a receiver $20-plus million a year as a number two receiver behind Keenan Allen, obviously. So I think this was obviously one of the most polarizing moves. I think we definitely came around earlier than some. On, hey, you know, I think you do have to bring him back, and there was definitely some detractors to that. Obviously, bringing him in didn't stop them from going out and making moves like some people thought. You know, Oh, well, what are you going to do if you sign Mike Williams? How are you going to bring in other great players? Well, you still brought in Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. So I think that kind of, you know, defrauded itself in that way. But what did you give the grade for the Chargers being able to bring him back on a three-year deal? Well, I was an advocate from from pretty close to the beginning of bringing back Mike Williams just because I understand what he has brought to well, this organization. Well, we knew it was a tough decision, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of the thing we, we battled with throughout, you know, since the end of last season is just like sure. we – we felt like they should bring him back, but we understood why it was tough. Yeah, definitely. Just because the 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 inconsistency uh, that you're looking, or you know, the lack of consistency there when you're having to give this guy top of the market type of money. So you know, you've had two seasons out of the you know what five that he's been with the Chargers that you feel really really good about what you know he brought to the table, right? And I mean, even really just this past season is where yeah. everything was, you know, the way it was supposed to look. You, know, you had the you had the 1100 receiving yards, you had the touchdowns, and he was just a much bigger part of the offense too. And I think part of, you know, looking at this deal and liking it is projecting what he's going to be able to do in this offense in year 2 and if that role is going to stay the same or if it's going to even expand further on because I mean last year really was kind of Mike Williams as wide receiver one as just as far as how they were using him. Sure. So I like the fact that they brought him back. They they said from the organization that they love Mike Williams, that they appreciate everything that he that he did, that he played hurt. He provided a lot of big plays. I think that's going to continue. He's still young enough. And the biggest component of this is the Chargers can afford it. They can afford to have two receivers making 20 plus million per season because Justin Herbert is on that right. rookie contract. So evaluating giving this particular move 
I'm I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B just because of the inconsistency that we've seen so far in his career. We don't know if he's going to be able to replicate this success he had this past season. Obviously, the Chargers expect him to, and they paid him like he is going to. But you know, I have to I have to see it. You know, I have to see it before I can give it a, a higher grade. Damn, I didn't think David was going to make me seem like the optimist here. And, like, that's one thing about these grades is, like, this is different going individually than it is grading the entire offseason. Because if we were doing, you know, all of free agency without knowing what could happen, you know, the next few days, yeah, these are still big holes that I would have to condemn them on not filling in free agency going into the draft. So, going on an individual basis, I just liked all their moves. I ended up giving it a B plus. I think he would have been very hard to replace in this yeah. Chargers offense. I just think, especially with him coming up in the question, the big games he did have, I think yeah. you can hope that he might be a little bit more consistent. And it's not like he was in the same system for five years, right? And then broke up one year. It was like he had this system one year, he flourished. And I think that's yeah. what gives you confidence. But I really love the Sebastian Joseph Day signing as well, yeah. David. The Chargers, after the J.C. Jackson splash, went out and got Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day. So we'll start with SJD as it is here. Leading the NFL in run stop percentage over the last two years, obviously last year and very limited snaps due to the injury. But when the Chargers brought him in on an eight, you know, three year, eight million dollars per season, twenty four million dollars total. What did you think of that deal? What grade would you give it? Yeah, I mean, this one, this was a deal that just made way too much sense. I mean, we expected it. I, I think the connection was there. We understood the relationship between Sebastian Joseph Day and Brandon Staley and that Sebastian Joseph Day had his best season of, it, of his career under the tutelage of Brandon Staley, who, who ran the number one defense that season. So this was a move where it's a concentrated move to attack improving the run defense. And so for that alone, it's an A+. And then you look at the player and the production that he brings to the table when he is stopping the run. It's at the top of the league. You know, like yeah. there's there's no one better. There's you no went one out and better. got the best guy. Yeah, you went. You said, "Hey, we had one of the worst run defenses in the league. Well, let's go ahead and bring the antidote in immediately. <laughs> the best run stopper in the NFL. You brought him in. You signed him to a very very cost control contract for eight million per season. When you see guys like DJ Jones getting ten million plus per season, and other you know defensive linemen that are not bringing the same things to the table, and also I think this is a player who can add some pass rush um, as he continues to play as well. I mean, I think it's going to open some things up because of the two guys that are going to be rushing on the outsides of him. But this is a great move. I loved it. Uh, this is another player we really had high on our list. They sign him, and it's an A plus for sure. He's a ferocious player that's going to help you in so many ways. I gave it an A-, minus, even though it was one of my favorite deals, only because of the lack of pass rush. Because the other dudes that are out there that made the 10-plus million, right, they're not as good, you know, stopping the run as Sebastian Joseph Day. But in one year with Brandon Steele, he only had one sack, right? Last year, he only played seven games and had three sacks, so it's definitely was trending in the right direction. And he has more talent on the outsides, but not another guy like Aaron Donald on the inside either. Right. To take up pressure. But I still think he could be a decent pass rusher, but I think that's the only thing stopping me from giving this an A plus because you needed run stopping number one. But another thing you needed to add was interior rushing. And that is something that he hasn't really brought to the table at this point in his career. It could, you could project it. Right. And I don't think he's going to be just a dud in that regard, but I think that's the only thing that keeps, you know, from an A pulls it down to an A minus still, one of my favorite moves. We're nitpicking here, obviously. Sure, but of course. quickly, let's get to Austin Johnson because he was kind of the supplementary piece to this. I ended up giving this one a B, David. A solid yeah. B grade. Not a lot of pass rush to you know talk about. A good run stuffer, but not as elite as Sebastian Joseph Day. Has some position flexibility. Can play that nose tackle position. 
I, I two years, seven million dollars, maybe a little bit much, maybe a little bit rich for a more one dimensional, you know, kind of player. That's the only reason I give it a B, but I still think it was necessary. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely another guy that's also a top 15 in run stop percentage out there. Yeah, among so, I mean, qualified defensive tackles for sure. Right, right. And, you know, hey, he had three sacks and 21 pressures. So another guy who brings a little bit, but not a lot, right? He doesn't bring right. a lot of pass rush. The one big thing that really adds a lot of value for me as far as Austin Johnson is concerned is the fact that he's played in every single game for the last five years. And uh, that's a huge that thing. That should for give me. you a bump I, for sure. I definitely always. Like, I always hold that in very high regard. Such a tough position, too, to yes. do that. At. Yes, it's very physical. I mean, you're literally throwing your body into uh, other men repeatedly. It's very, very difficult. It's very physical, very draining. And he's done it, and he's stayed out there consistently. So um, just because he has, you know, doesn't bring a lot of pass rush to the table, I think it's a B minus, B, B minus for me on Austin Johnson. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. I mean, and we have to get into more big moves, right? Special teams moves may be underrated. Get to talk about J.K. Scott. Get to talk about Gerald Everett, who I'm very excited about, right? Because I think that's one I'm going to have a good grade on there. But as far as these two guys, like even with an A- minus grade and a B grade, the Chargers had a big problem stopping the run. And it seems for the most part like they've gone out there and fixed it, or at least should be much better. But if you have an auto part that's broken, the only place you should be able to get it fixed and get the part you need to get it fixed is rockauto.com because rockauto.com will save you a ton of money on auto parts. And most importantly, it keeps it so convenient to do. You don't have to go to the chain auto parts store, go up to the guy at the counter, have you ask a lot of questions and have you embarrass yourself because you don't know the answers to the questions if you're me because that's actually happened to me. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com and a few easy clicks, you can find your car, find the part that you need and get at a great price. Why spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on parts when you could go to a family-owned business at rockauto.com, get a better price, and get it more conveniently. You don't need another headache when you're already having something go wrong with your car. Get a part at the best price, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, whatever you need, you can find it at rockauto.com. So to see what parts they have available for your car or truck, make sure to go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts they have available for you. Make sure to write Lockdown in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, David, well, there are a few more grades we want to get into here, and we can be quick with the latter special teams moves, but there was another big one, the most recent big move, I would say, by the Chargers, bringing in tight end Gerald Everett and I have a pretty good grade on this I actually like the move I know this was something that the Chargers really waited on and it kind of seems like they just got the dude on the bottom of the scrap heap I really like the move and I really like the deal they got on the move right they didn't have to pay a premium and pay what some of these other teams frankly had to pay 10 plus million dollars to keep some of these tight ends he comes for two years 12 million up to 13 and a half million with 8 million guaranteed Eight million guaranteed. That's a high percentage. I think it's mostly just because it's a short contract, only a two-year contract. But what grade would you put on the latest signing by the Chargers down the offense? 
Yeah, I, re- I like this move a lot too, and it uh, has a lot to do with his yak ability, the yards after catch ability. I see a lot of that in his game, and I feel like this is an ascending player. I mean, I don't think the stats, they don't pop out at you, right? There's nothing sexy. It was 48 catches, 478 yards, four touchdowns. He has somehow seemed underused in every offense he's been in, right? Yeah, right. And and I think you see you know, the fact that Jared Cook had 80-plus targets in this offense – He's going to come in. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. The Chargers are going to utilize him quite a bit. He's going to get a lot more chances than he has so far in his NFL career. I can feel very confident in saying that right now. And so, you know, couple that with the contract and the production and the potential for future production. I like this move a lot for the value, especially considering the other tight end contracts that a lot of these other guys signed for a lot more money. I think this is a high upside move. This is a, a still a young player at 27 years old. I love it. Um, and I think the grade for me because of that is a solid B plus. I like, I like the move for Gerald. Everett. I had a B plus too. And I'm thinking about bumping it up to even an A minus because it doesn't necessarily mean a minus means he's a top tier player, right? I'm right. not trying to sell you on Gerald Everett as a top 10 tight end in the league, but I think no. especially when you're going out and making the other big moves, the chargers have made, you can't pay everyone a premium. You just yeah. can't like, there's only so many 10 plus million dollar guys that you have on any roster in the league before it's just an exorbitant amount that you just really can't, you know, manage. And Justin Herbert obviously helps with that. But like, as far as the deal, when they got it done, filling in the cracks without having to break the bank, it is, I think a B plus a minus type of move for the Chargers, which I really love because it takes a little bit less stress off of Donald Parham. who's probably not ready to be a starting tight end all the time. And it also complements Donald Parham compliments Trey McKitty and what those two dudes you know, do well. And I don't think this stops Donald Bryan from having a really good season or from Trey McKitty taking the next step because he'll be on the field on certain downs anyways, just because the different dimension he brings as a blocker, you know, maybe not the guy who split out in the slot as much, but he is their most physical NFL ready blocker at this point. And I think that's why I like this move. And I also don't think it messes with the progress of those other two dudes. And even with the Rams, like it was so frustrating watching them sometimes because you would have really good games Next week, he's just not on the field, right? And that's the nice thing. He's like, oh, well, what's happening on the sidelines you don't know about? Well, you don't really have to worry about that with this move because Brandon Staley was on those sidelines with that dude in 2020 when Tyler Higby kind of started coming onto the scene and he kind of got to see how he handled that whole situation. So he has very good insight on that, even being a defensive coach. But the big move, David, on Monday was the Chargers finding their punter of the future, J.K. Scott from the Packers. So we have to get into some special teams grades because they brought back Dustin Hopkins and also brought in Josh Harris as well. So we'll kind of wrap it, get into these ones. But I do want to take a second to talk about J.K. Scott because this also means, David, that the Chargers aren't bringing back Ty Long. So when you saw this move and now you're making a grade on it, maybe a little early to make the grade on it, but what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I understand why they felt the need to bring in another punter uh, was, you know, I think Ty Long, you know, was, he played admirably. And I think, you know, when he had to kick and, you know, do place kicking and do field goal kicking and, and also do punting, I think that he definitely gave everything he could to the Chargers organization while he was playing here. Well, and let's but, also not forget how bad the Chargers coverage units were as well. I mean, that yes, didn't do him any favors. For sure. But the thing is with, with Ty Long was, I, he wasn't very big distance on his punts. We didn't really see anything get, you know, you know, pinned inside the 20 or inside sure. the 10. There Didn't wasn't a lot control. of punch, yeah. you know, touch touchbacks. There wasn't a lot of that positional stuff that really, you know, separates the good punters from the great punters out there in the league. So I understand why they went to make a move 
here for J.K. Scott. In 49 career games, this is from Chargers.com. He punted 198 times and posted a 44.5-yard gross punting average, which that's unspectacular. That's not, you know, a, a gigantic Middle number. of the pack, sure. Yeah, you want the 48-49 net average, but this is not something he brings to the table. But, hey, this is another guy. I think I expect them to add even more, you know, just camp bodies there to compete with J.K. Scott here. But uh, on the surface for this move, I think it's a C plus. I just I have to see more. Yeah. I, I'd probably go see C plus as well. I did see uh, Tyler Schoon from Guilty as Charged brought something up, and I had something I had looked up too, which is hang time, which might be something that they're keying in on because that is something where Ty Long and you know J.K. Scott were very different. I mean, 2020, J.K. Scott was first in hang time. 2018, he was second in hang time. 2019, he was, 2019, he was eighth. So that's all you know, top eight and top two in two of those seasons. Ty Long, in comparison, in 2019, 33rd. 2020, 32nd, and the 2021, he was 19th. That was the best season he had was 19th in hang time. And when you're talking about – very much. <laughs> well, that's true too. But when you're talking about things that can affect punters, right, like yeah. hang time is really the one thing that shouldn't really be affected by how good your coverage unit is, right? right? That's something that you can take and kind of separate and be like, hey, you're good at this or that's whatever. That's a controllable. Like, right, right. So like J.K. Scott had a terrible net punting average in 2020, but he also had two – you know, return touchdowns against them. They gave up two punt return touchdowns and he had a pump blocked as well, which is obviously going to murder your, your, your averages there. But yeah, hang time is important, you know, and that obviously seems like something they're trying to attack here. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and new special teams coach Ryan Fick and bringing in their new guys. But the Chargers also brought back Dustin Hopkins too on a three-year deal. David didn't break the bank for that one either. What did you make of that deal? What grade would you put on bringing back Dustin Hopkins? I, I mean, I think you have to love this move, especially like the, after the carousel that they have, the Chargers have had cycling through kickers the last five or six years, just trying to find that one person that was going to be able to you don't just bring do that again. <laughs> some consistency, just show up, yeah. show up, do your job. And I think you know, honestly, right away, when you saw Dustin Hopkins kick the ball, you're like, okay, this looks like a professional kicker. The the hang, you know, the way he was kicking it, the way he was striking it, where it was going through the net at, you're like, you had a lot of confidence in the way he was striking the ball, and he did that consistently, David consistently through the whole season. Uh, of course not. I'm not even going to begin to say that I am an expert on that, but it just looked like, like what you're saying. the yeah. way a professional. It wasn't like he was dinking balls ball. off the pole yeah. or you know having a lot of close calls. I mean, he hit 90 percent of his field goals in his time with the Chargers. Very exactly. small sample size, but you had to love that. Yeah, so hey, just lock down the position, bring that consistency, continue to do your job the way you did it last year, and I'm going to love it. So it's a it's a B plus just for getting the position fixed and calling it a day. Yeah, I have it as a B. I mean, I th- that, those are the parts I love about it. I mean, I'm going off of his whole career. He's a pretty good kicker, right? That's kind of where he is. He's missed some big kicks in his time, and he missed a big kick in the last game of the season. And we know how quickly it can change, right? He could start yeah. off on a you know tailspin next season, right? And and we could all feel much worse about this pick. Sure. But, like, it was Tristan Viscaino at one point. You know what I mean? So, like, I really like this, this move. And it definitely missed extra points. Yeah, when he he's not worried about someone coming to take his job, right? A three-year deal is significant for a yeah. kicker. But it's still not so much where it's going to totally hamstring you if things fall off the rails. But you're also not going to get potentially a young Waku Josh Lambeau situation where he goes on somewhere else to be much better than he was with you. They're sticking it out. He'll have a chance to grow with the team, hopefully get better keep that consistency up and make bigger kicks and bigger moments in 2022 because he did get a game-winning field goal. He has kicked some big kicks in his career as well. But I know that has been one of the knocks on him. 
I'm a fan of this move, but he's not an all pro like Josh Harris, who the Chargers stole away from the Falcons on a four-year long snapper deal, not something you see very often, but an all-pro long snapper. What does an all-pro long snapper mean? What separates you? Because, I mean, I think you can look at Matt Overton this year. How many bad you know snaps did he have? Zero. I didn't see any. <laughs> right. Zero. So, and, and so, like, when you're going to do that, it's like, what you know difference does it make? Matt Overton was aging, though. So I think the thing sure. here, David, is getting a dude – who can also be a part of the play on the punt coverage as well. Getting a dude who can tackle as well as just, you know, also having very good snaps. And this dude led the NFL in special teams tackles for long snappers last season. So you're getting a younger dude, a dude who will actually be able to contribute as far. You know, it reminds me of like a David Ben, right? A dude who's yeah. going to get down there and just stick his nose in it as well. What grade would you put on the Chargers bringing in one of the best long snappers in the league? Hey, I, I, I like this fit because you have a new special teams coordinator and he's bringing in his guy. Like this sure. is the guy. Obviously, this is the guy that he wanted. You sign him to a long term deal. You sign your kicker to a long term deal, and you have some stability in that operation. They talk right. about having a clean operation all the time with special teams. So bringing in a guy who is literally an All Pro, so that means he was the best at his position in the NFL. I think you have to like the move. I don't. I'm not qualified to talk about long snappers. As long as he, he goes out there and does his job, then. I think that you have to be happy with it. So a guy that's at the top of his position, uh, you got to like the deal. So I got to give it an A. An A. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's so hard to grade. How do you grade a long snapper? I mean, I, I gave it an A minus just because it's like, I don't know. So yeah. I just, I like the fact <laughs> that they went out and got the best dude there. And I mean, hopefully yeah. that means the long snapper is never the story for your team because that's never a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's like, hey, you know, I like the fact that they're trying to get top tier players on special teams wherever they can find it, trying to get an advantage wherever they can find it on yeah. special teams. So that's why I gave it an A minus on mine, just because it's like, hey, if we can find a guy who's going to even tackle better as a long snapper, we're going to go get that dude and we're going to bring him in. You know, we'll bring in an all pro guy there. So I've liked the moves the Chargers have made on special teams so far. They're great at bringing in a kick returner as an F because they haven't done it yet. So we'll see if they decide to do that in free agency and, you know, try to fill some of these other drafts or these other big needs before the draft. Because right now, if I was giving the entire offseason a grade, it wouldn't be an A, I don't think, so far, even with all the big moves, because of the incomplete part of it. So that is one thing we'll be able to keep talking about this week, though, are the latest moves and potentially some guys out there that can still help because there are still impact players out there that could help the Chargers. But that is going to do it for today's show. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel if you're on here now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And also, thank you, to all of our podcast listeners, you can find us on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And if you like the show, please rate and review as well. We really appreciate when you guys do that. It is a nice boost for us. You can also find the show on all of our social media. We post it every day and give our takes to all of the latest Chargers news. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. You can find David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can find the show's page at Lockdown LAC. We do post the show there always. And you can also find us on our new at Lockdown Chargers Instagram page and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. We will be getting into Fan Friday again this week and other fan-related things. So if you want to get your voicemails in, call into 323-524-7924 because we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And if you need more draft coverage, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Draft where you have Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker breaking things down and getting you ready for the next big part of the offseason. But that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow with the biggest news for the Chargers and maybe some free agent targets that still make sense for them. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.